Welcome back to the Fangirl Forum. I'm your host, Meredith Loftus, aka your friendly neighborhood fangirl. If you're discovering this podcast for the first time, I'm looking back at my time with Once Upon a Time and its fandom in honor of the 10th anniversary. This series and the fandom consumed a lot of my time, so this is a series of episodes. We have already departed for the Enchanted Forest, but we're not too far off that you can come along and join us. Welcome. I'm so happy that you're here. Before we continue on this epic quest of Once Upon a Time, a couple of disclaimers. First, for listeners who have never watched Once Upon a Time, there will be some spoilers ahead about different plot points and character relationships. Again, the point of these episodes is more to highlight the online fandom, not a critical deep dive on the series. But still, this is your official spoiler alert! Second, if you haven't listened to part one, please go back and listen to it before starting this one. Cool? Cool. As always, I'm not alone. Meet my friends and fellow fangirls. We have nerdy girl notes herself, Katie. Hi, everyone. And we have Geesony Sophia, head of Marvelous Geeks. Hello. Hi. The girly nerd, Marianne. Great to see you again. Lizzie from Fangirlish. Hi. Your money geeks, Maggie. Hey, thanks so much for having me. Temple of Geeks, Maddie. Thank you for having me. Representing the Brazilian Oncers, Manuela. Thank you for inviting me. I have the Rizzo sisters, Lena and Marisa. Hello, everybody. (laughs) And I also have my dear uh, British (laughs) J-Mo representing the British Wantsers, Philippa. Hi. And last but not least, my friend Laura. Hey. And with that, let's return to Storybrooke for part two, All Magic Comes with a Price. By the time the fourth season of Once Upon a Time went into summer hiatus, I was a full-fledged member of the online Once Upon a Time fandom. I wrote reviews and theory posts every week, I spent most of my time on Twitter, and I was making friends online. It was great, but I wanted more. It wasn't enough to just watch episodes week to week and engage online. I wanted to meet the actors and my fellow fangirls. And where do you go to do that? Conventions. Fan conventions can range from the small and specific to the behemoths like San Diego Comic-Con. Fortunately, between 2011 and 2018, Once Upon a Time fans could find their fandom fix in person in a variety of conventions all over the world. Did you ever attend a convention? I did go to WonderCon in 2014 where the cast was there, um, but unfortunately we missed the panel. Um, There wasn't enough room in the panel room and that was the first kind of major convention that I went to. And so I didn't realize you had to like show up hours before the panel to sit down outside of the panel room to wait, even at WonderCon. Like the London convention, because I lived locally, I just drove there each day and drove home. But the London convention was definitely smaller. It was split into two two venues and there weren't that many people in each venue. And the meet and greets were like very cheap, like under $100. Um, 
And so like I did a meet and greet with Colin and a meet and greet with Sean, which was like 20 of us in a room with them for like 45 minutes, just chatting about anything. Um, and um, Lana came to the London convention, but apart from that, it was mostly British cast because they were like, great, this is like British and Irish cast. Like, okay, great, it's like a chance to go home. Um, so that was really nice kind of getting to talk to them about like our experience as British dancers, like watching the show and everything. I just remember Sean being on stage being like, I don't care how you're watching it. Go for your illegal streams, go for your illegal downloads. Just keep watching the show. <laughs> it, was, it was like a very different experience because I feel like in London, it was kind of got a lot closer to the cast. I was in a convention here in Rio. We had, uh, I think was Ever After the, the, the name. And we had uh, Colin here. We had uh, we had a lot of people actually. We had Lana too. Uh, we had many actors, and it was a lot of fun. I felt a little old because I'm older. You know, I'm not. I'm 38, so I'm not young. But at the same time, I was like really doing something that I was really excited. So I didn't really care. Uh, it was a lot of fun because I did met people that I was like uh, interacting online, on Tumblr, on Twitter. I met like two or three people there. And I don't know, I was really excited. I thought I thought uh, it was a little cool uh energy like there was no I was a little scared for you know the ship war and things like that but I thought the 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 vibe was good everybody was happy excited and it was really interesting to meet the actors I did a meet meet and greet with uh Colin and he's a really nice guy so the, he he was really sweet and like really talk to someone that you admire that you like like and I didn't have that experience before because you know I live in Brazil it's not like we can do a lot of convention here it's it started coming more the actors and the conventions but it was not something that I I was used to it so it was really fun to to see the actors and take pictures and give gifts and you know and also like be a little you know correspondent like you know making tweets about what they were saying and taking pictures and everybody was like retweeting it was a lot of fun and while Manuela was at the ever after con in Rio she discovered a very big surprise and you know the event was like two days Saturday and Sunday and Monday was feeling awful and I thought oh this is because I was like two days but eating very nicely but I think three or four days after I discovered I was, I was pregnant. So <laughs> I was like not eating and being crazy in the, in the convention. And I was like, no, this was because it was too exciting. And it was really, I was <laughs> really pregnant at the time. Exciting and memorable moments were made everywhere at a convention, whether you were attending a panel, getting a photo op, or waiting in line for an autograph, you could always count on being in a constant state of hype. And I'd never been to anything like it before. And like you go and you stand in a line waiting to meet someone and everybody's just talking to each other. 
and and I just I think that that's one of the really nice things about fandom like you'd be there there were people of all different like ages abilities genders religions sexualities whatever it is and everyone's just chatting to each other and like calming each other down, you know like oh Colin's coming in the room we're all like freaking out and everybody's like helping each other out with like being calm or like helping each other fix their hair or their makeup or, or whatever it is you know you're in line and you just like meet people and talk to people and all that like you're just so happy for those the other experiences even if yeah. I didn't get to do it I'm like what happened and tell me and like all those kind of <laughs> stuff it's just so much well yeah because it was all the chairs like where everyone would be sitting during all the panels and stuff kind of just after all the autographs we'd all kind of sit down together and like talk about our experiences Process. and what happened that was fun doing the last minute like hey do you want to just go do this and there's something exciting to look forward to again mm -hmm. so you're yeah. like done with your photo ops and autographs you're kind of sitting there like now what are we gonna do and then there was like the hype of so anyone going to future conventions bring other like money set aside for <laughs> find the nearest atm and know you're just gonna withdraw more money out of it whatever your budget is double it and then be prepared to double it again when you're there magic was not cheap but a fangirl could dream and eventually pay prior to 2015 i dreamed of going to a fan convention and not just any fan convention. I wanted to attend this magical event known as San Diego Comic-Con. For the uninitiated, San Diego Comic-Con was the nerd event of the year. Everyone comes together to celebrate everything from comics to franchise series to cosplaying and everything in between. Panels would consist of cast members, showrunners, producers, Literally all the stars get fans hyped for what's in store. From 2011 to 2017, Once Upon a Time made regular appearances each summer in Ballroom 20. And it would just be an avalanche of news, from the panel itself to the roundtable interviews with journalists all over. Lizzie from Fangirlish got to interview the cast at one of these Comic-Con roundtables. I attended a of San Diego Comic Cons when the cast was still there, so I, I got to interview the cast. So it was, uh, I mean, it, it, I don't even know, it's, it's, it's a very weird thing to sort of separate yourself, like, because my first year at Comic Con, once upon a time, was the show I was most excited about, and the show I was more a fan of, um, as I was interviewing the actors, so it was the show that made me more nervous as I walked into the press room and I saw them. It was like, now I'm like a little jaded and I'm like, oh yeah, I mean, even if I like the person, I'm like, oh, okay. Um, but back then I was a little starstruck. I was hyped. I, I don't even remember, like I, I came from a press room. I went to that one and I left so hyped that I went to another one and completely like, what, what did I ask in the other press rooms? Like, I don't know. Um, that's how hyped I was. The next year, it was easy. Like the next year, it was like, ah, oh, okay, it's you guys again. Um, I was in a starstruck. Um, it, it was better. Of the of the cast that you did interview, did you was there a particular favorite of the bunch? It was probably Josh. Like he was probably the. Like I, I don't I don't have a bad memory, like they weren't horrible. Um, but Josh was very personable and like he was the kind of there are some actors that at cons do this thing where they get to the table and they sort of introduce themselves and then there are like 
And then you always remember those who are specifically like make a point of it. Josh did something like that. And he was like, it's very specific with everyone. And those are the kind of things that sort of stick with you. Um, and he was also like, uh, like, I remember like I was more of a Captain Swan shipper, for example, back then. Um, but I, and I, I still think Colin O'Donoghue is, is a handsome man. But Josh Dallas is like, is he's like fake. Like I was looking at like this thing has only happened to me with Tom Ellis from Lucifer. Like I was seeing him. It's like, how is this man real? Like I was like, this is not normal. Like he looked like Prince Charming. Like literally Prince Charming. I was like, this is not even possible. Like, I don't even know if I'm attracted to people or I just like want to frame him. Like, I don't even know what I'm feeling. Because it was like level of perfection. So that was a, a little hard to process. And then on top of it, he had to be super nice. So the, the Prince Charming persona just worked together. And I was like, this is too much. You need to stop and get away from me because I need to process. Oh my goodness. Also, side note, can we just acknowledge the fact that Tom Ellis was on Once Upon a Time for an episode? Oh, he was second. he was the original Robin Hood, and then now uh, he went mm-hmm. off and did Lucifer. I mean, uh, better for Tom that he went. He became a star on Lucifer, but I would have rather kept him as Robin Hood. While Lizzie got the Comic-Con experience from the professional side, Laura had her own unique experience as a volunteer. All of the conventions that I attended, I volunteered at, one way or shape or form. So I, yeah, I definitely did my very best to get up close and personal with these actors. So I would, at these conventions, sleep over, like slept in the grass area or wherever they let us sleep overnight where people, you would have people in line who would sleep over to get limited edition, whatever, or to see Marvel or to get into these very like A-list type of uh, celebrities. Now I'd be there just to get into ballroom 20 to see once upon a time. And uh, yeah, it was, it was nice. We got to be pretty close. You get to see these conventions. I got to ask question at the San Diego convention, get autographs from them. Um, go to the booths. I mean, I did the whole, the whole thing. I just really wanted to see behind the scenes stuff because that's what I'm interested in. Um, I love seeing things maybe that fan, normal fans wouldn't see. And I did. I got to see some different stuff, good and bad. As a volunteer, a fun experience. This one was kind of fun. I had uh, to work with, um, they were signing autographs. They would do like little things where you would sign autographs and I had to sit behind next to, sorry, next to an actor. And his assistant brought him like a cup of coffee, like the styrofoam thing, the coffee. Well, he would take sips from coffee and then like talk to me. It was straight up beer. That thing has alcohol, strong. So don't trust the coffee. Convention weeks really became about being in the know about your favorite series, hanging out with your fellow fans, and finding opportunities to see your favorite stars in person during this crazy larger-than-life time. While many of the ways you met celebrities at conventions were through meet and greets, photo ops, and autograph sessions, money added up fast. There were other free methods as well. For instance, 
Zachary Levi and the Nerd Machine used to host a free event called Nerd HQ. Before becoming a DC hero, he would host panels and photo ops with different stars who were in town for San Diego Comic-Con. All of the money from the panels and photo ops that Nerd Machine put on went 100% to Operation Smile, a charity that performs reconstructive surgery on children with cleft palates. It was here where I spent my first two San Diego Comic-Con weekends in 2015 and 2016. In 2016 in particular, Jennifer Morrison had a panel to herself, and by some miracle, many of my friends and I got into this panel. We were at Nerd HQ um, for San Diego Comic-Con, and there was a really big group of us who were all there for Jennifer Morrison, and we hung out, and we talked about the show, and we got to see her talk to Zachary Levi, and it was, it is the best memory that I have of being part of the Once Upon a Time fandom. And the first time I met you was at a was at Nerd HQ. And we were there because we were both Once Upon a Time fans. I mean, we were both fans of other things too, but that was the main thing. Seeing Jennifer Morrison at Nerd HQ, it was just the one-on-one with her and Zachary Levi. I think that's still my favorite memory. That was one of my favorite interviews she did. I couldn't believe that like we had gotten into it. So even though like I didn't meet her face to face then, I met her later. But just seeing her there, especially with Zachary Levi, who's someone that I've always adored, was just one of my favorite. And the fact Mm -hmm. that so many of us got into that panel and Mm -hmm. got to hang out, it was it was the online experience come to life in the best, most positive way possible. Another free way to run into your favorite stars at San Diego Comic-Con was something called Comic-Con magic. It was a fun term to describe the spontaneous sightings and interactions you could have just by walking around, being at the right place at the right time. Much of it was spontaneous, but magic can also be made. If you knew where to go, you could create your own Comic-Con magic. There was a season of time, you know, at Comic-Con, real fans would know where actors were staying at different hotels. And um, it would become a thing, part of the con weekend experience was to hang out in the lobby of some of these hotels and see the actors like leave to get into their vans to either go to the convention, go to an interview, go to the EW party. Like it would just be a thing. When you say you were little stalkers, we were, we were little stalkers. Um, I definitely was Um, not in a bad way. Like I said, in a normal fandom way, but when you look at it outside, you're like, Ooh, And there was this picture, my first convention, someone posted. And then one of my friends messaged me, was like, I know where this picture is taken. This is the lobby of this hotel. And I'm like, oh my gosh, we go. And then that's where we got to see some of the actors. And there were other people there. It wasn't a big deal. We were very respectful in the second year um, where maybe there were 15 of us. Now there's a lot more of us and you have people maybe we were there for like an hour just 
you know, we got very lucky that time too. Mm-hmm. We got pictures. Um, and you got to know like th- these hotels are also, they're not just, they're right next to the convention and they also have convention, like what is it called? Meetings and hostings and stuff. So, so you're there as part of the convention too. It's not like just the hotel. It, it was part of it, but you definitely had to be in the know. And yeah, I definitely got, I think, it got weird because as the crowds drew in and as more people found out, then it became like kind of a security thing. And it wasn't just, hey, can you take a quick picture? It was a picture with 20 people all the time. So it was definitely a little more, it kind of crossed the line then. As, and I think as years went by. To put context on this too, I think a big change that happened between the first year we did that to the second year we did that was because year two, that's also where the flash cast was staying at the same hotel as the once upon a time cast. And there were that many more people there. Um, I remember that was the year Tom Felton was part of the flash cast. Yeah. And I distinctly remember being in that lobby. I'm wearing a Hufflepuff shirt and I'm <laughs> watching people start to slowly move closer to him and I'm standing still I'm like I can't do this I cannot like he is checking into his hotel remember that I'm wearing a Hufflepuff shirt I cannot do this I mean I think there's um what is it called do's and don'ts when you're a fan and not just in a fandom but anywhere really but approaching celebrities and um yeah just maybe that was a don't. And we definitely didn't. <laughs> we didn't. But then like, we were close to, we were close. We were on the line there. When I listen back to that time, I don't necessarily regret it, but I don't look back at that fondly. While we didn't do anything to push that line, it would have been really easy to do so. And I have to say, once we go back to San Diego Comic-Con in person, It will be interesting to see if that hotel aspect will be the same or if there will be more security. Only time will tell. From San Diego, we travel north to Vancouver, Canada. Through Creation Entertainment, there was an official Once Upon a Time convention. No more sharing the spotlight with other shows or stars. It was just Once Upon a Time for days on end. It was also where Once Upon a Time was filmed. So many actors got to make appearances during those conventions. There were three while the series aired, one in 2016, 2017, and 2018. This became the convention to be at if you were a oncer. I was able to go to the first one in 2016, and although I didn't meet Maggie there, here she is sharing about her time I got to go to creation con and I spent so much money, uh, still have not financially recovered from that. Cause I had had a lot in savings and I spent a lot then. Um, Oh, it was once in a lifetime experience. I had so much fun. Um, had a blast getting to interact with cast members, most of them. <laughs> and I, I have like a whole stack of autographs that I keep in a box now because I don't want to look at them. I spent a lot of money for things I no longer want to look at. Um, but it was such a, a great experience. And I had so many 
good experiences with fans who outside of Tumblr and Twitter, like I came, became friends with people who ship Swan Queen and like that was a no-go on, you know, social media. Not for me personally, like I would have been fine being friends with Swan Queen shippers, but like the people I was friends with would not have been always constantly causing trouble. Um, but like I befriended a bunch of people who were like Rumble shippers. The worst part of Creation Con is that my um, identity was stolen thanks to their really bad security. And I had a bunch of money stolen um, about two years after that convention. And I'm still in a group of people that are working on a class action lawsuit against that convention company. So that's like my one downside. In addition to the first one, I was able to attend in 2017 as well. By that time, I was starting to fade out of my interest in Once Upon a Time. It became more about being with my friends and meeting some of my other online friends for the first time. And it ended up being one of the most memorable weekends. I think the 2017 con was just special in that I feel like it was their, they had the most people. Just everyone kind of knew what to expect at that point, and like there were people came. Yeah, and I think like a lot of fans. It was a it was a very multicultural con because mm -hmm. it was where the show was filming. The show was filming at that time, so a whole bunch of people were coming anyway, and it was like amazing. And it was cool, kind of, to see the people that they got. It was in Vancouver where they filmed the show, and I. It wasn't the first one I had. I wasn't able to go to the very first one they had. And I saw how cool it was and I knew who was gonna be attending. So I saved up for a really, really long time to go, to be able to go to that because, you know, going to another country, that's, that's gonna be expensive. And I knew I wanted to go on the tour of the sets, which is a, a big upgrade. So I was able to save up enough to do that. And that was so, amazing to be able to walk in these sets that they filmed in it's like you're it's like almost like a museum you know i wish i think they're probably all gone now but i wish they weren't i wish they were preserved them and then i could go visit them again because being able to go in granny's and go in mr gold shop and go in mary margaret's apartment was uh, to to be corny it was like magical because this is just so neat the most memorable day of like the whole time that i did this was uh the four of us on stage in vancouver singing the spice girls <laughs> I love that. with karen and beverly <laughs> on the video we, 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 watched, we watched the video and i almost started crying because it was such like a it, I know that day was it like everything lined up perfectly mm -hmm. um, what happened and it well, was also we met you Philip like for the yeah. first yeah. person yeah. we like talked to you for a long time before that and then we were just like yes we get to meet her finally <laughs> I obviously like got on a plane for nine hours to the other side of the world to meet people in person that I'd only ever spoken to online I was a bit like this is moderately terrifying um and then to suddenly like, we're all up on stage singing the Spice Girls and everybody down on the floor is singing along with us. I was like, no, I, I was right. Like these were my people. Yes, I will always remember us, all four of us <laughs> singing karaoke together. And uh, okay. I, I cringe a little bit thinking about that because I initially had messaged Karen David at the time on Facebook and she was down to yes. do this. Yes. And 
I called her out a couple of times while we were doing this and she didn't come out until until the end. I was getting really embarrassed. Like, oh no, like- I think she just wasn't in the room. No, she couldn't hear us. And then she finally came out and I was like, oh, okay. And then it turned it around. (laughs) I always, I first, when I think of that memory, I always think of like, wow, I can't believe I was doing that. And then, like, the fact that I was singing Spice Girls all together in Vancouver, like, what the heck? I think that convention was probably my favorite one. Was both with both of you. Mm-hmm. That was that was the top convention. That was also at the height of um, the fandom. During this and the height of the fandom, many of us were able to have these once in a lifetime interactions and meetings with the stars of Once Upon a Time. For Captain Swan fans. It was always the dream to meet Jennifer Morrison or Colin O'Donoghue. I splurged and did a one of those private meet and greets. I tried it. I those would go very quickly, as you know. But um, mm. I tried to get one with Jennifer Morrison, and I never was able to. But I did get one with Colin O'Donoghue, and that was really amazing because you're in there for you know a good half hour, and I was with people who were so shy. And I'm a very shy person, I'm an introvert, but I also have experience of like interviewing people a little bit. So my mentality was, well, let's ask some, you know, hard-hitting questions and stuff. And, And I got really wonderful answers. I remember asking if there was any kind of, uh, role he would like to play and I'm trying to remember. He said he would love to play like an artist hmm. on film because he he he's very artistic. Uh, he went to he said if he if he wasn't acting he would have gone to like art school or something and he would like to play like you know like a French impressionist or something like Degas or someone like that on screen and he'd be good at that. I mean, why not? He should have the opportunity. I remember doing my photo with Jen and I like got up there and I'm obviously shaking. And I was, I just remember saying to her like, you're my fashion icon. And she was like, what? That, that's so nice. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. And then they took a picture and I think, I don't know if I have either had my eyes closed or I had my glasses on and it had flashed. And so like, I had like managed not to cry. I like walked away, like tears started. And then someone came up to me and was like, you need to go and take your picture with Jen again. I'm like, oh <laughs> like now I have to compose myself <laughs> to go and take, take this again. As someone who wrote about Once Upon a Time, I always wondered if Jennifer, Colin, frankly, any of the cast have ever read any of my words. I highly doubt it for me, but it definitely happened for my fellow Once Upon a Time writers. Hear what happened when Marianne from The Nerd Machine and Katie from Nerdy Girl Notes got to meet Emma Swan herself. With Jennifer, anytime I I got an autograph with her, she was so sweet just so sweet and I had made I don't know if you I don't remember if you saw it I made like a a storybook Mm. of their of their story like this really long this really extensive thing that um people have actually bought (laughs) copies of oh wow um because they're like this is incredible I'm like well you can buy one if you want but I made I gave her a copy and and she the her reaction I will never remember she just she just started beaming and she was so sweet and so grateful. And I had told her that I wrote reviews as well for um, 
the nerd machine and you know they were guests at the nerd at the nerd hq so they knew what it was um and she was so sweet and she goes oh i read those every week and i wanted to just like burst into tears i mean that is just so special and so sweet she's like oh you're a wonderful writer i'm like talk about a compliment i mean you're talking about her craft and just to know that they appreciate it i met jennifer morrison which was very cool um she's even prettier in person uh it's, it's, it's insane she's also like way tinier that was that was my biggest takeaway is i was like you are you are a very like thin person like you are very tiny and <laughs> on a tv screen you seem like you're huge and like larger than life but you're a person and that was you know one of those weird like meeting a celebrity moments where you're like oh you're a human being and she knew who i was and knew me by my writing was a very cool kind of moment like to have you know someone that you really admire tell you like I love your stuff, like to your face is like a very cool thing that I will, you know, carry with me forever. And then I met her a few years later at Fan Expo, which is like the Comic-Con of Canada. And she signed a copy of the first ever essay that I wrote about Emma. So I have that in my room right now, like framed. Hearing those stories just makes my heart so full. And so did these fan stories of more interactions with different Once Upon a Time cast members, including Jennifer Goodwin, Josh Dallas, and Robbie Kay. I think this is my only like encounter with a celebrity and happens to be Once Upon a Time with, um, well, I said Jamie, where we saw her down the street. Uh, you remember that? We were just walking. Oh, yeah. And you were like, that's Jenny. And you were the one, you were the eagle eye and I'm over there like, Jenny. <laughs> but this is also like, this was the time where Jenny Goodwin, you didn't see her. She was like a ghost to people. And she also had just dyed her hair purple. Yeah. Like we had heard like rumors about it, but we hadn't seen it. And then there she was, you know, and walking, chilling, like no bodyguard. Looking we were looking for dinner, you know, but she was like with her, a friend or an assistant or something. And they were just like out and about. And, um, and we had just seen Jen from once upon a time. Mm -hmm. I sneaked you in for that one, by the way. <laughs> we're past that at this point. Yes. I was so afraid because I didn't have the badge and you were like, it's going to be okay. Just sneak. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. And I'm like, okay. And, um, <laughs> got into this panel, which wasn't even in the convention center. It was at one of the hotels and got to meet Jennifer Morrison that night. And we were riding that high. And then we <laughs> ran into Jennifer Goodwin. It was like, and this was my first Comic-Con too. So I was like, this was is amazing. I saw her one time at Disneyland during her birthday and I'm, I'm never going to go up to someone when I see them at Disneyland or just in public. It's not my thing, but I was getting off of King Arthur's carousel and she was getting on. And I literally just looked at her and I was like, I'm just going to say happy birthday. Like that's not, you know, I'm not bothering her by doing that. So I just turned around and I was like, happy birthday, Jennifer. And she turned around. She was just like, oh, thank you. Like she like just noted. And that was it. And I was like, oh my God, like I got to say happy birthday to her in person. It was just, it was really cool. Like her and Josh and the babies. 
but yeah, it was, it was precious. I have a picture with Josh and Colin, which was like, I still don't remember, like I blacked out in the middle of the picture. I was like, how am I surrounded by these two men who are so pretty? I like, I don't even know how I got here and where I'm seeing. Josh Dallas. Um, I didn't met, meet him at the convention. I met him on set in 2015 and oh God, he is so charming. <laughs> And he'd been working like all day and he still smelled so nice. <laughs> and I like constantly think about like what, per, like what cologne were you wearing? Because it was so good. Like after five or six hours of like acting. At the WonderCon, uh, my friend and I were outside of the convention center itself. I was dressed in my 11th doctor cosplay and we saw Sean McGuire walk out and he was by himself. There was no one around him. My friend grabs me and was like, let's go talk to him. And I was like, but we should probably leave him alone. And she's like, no, let's go. There's no one around him. Like, let's go. So we ran over and we were like, hey, Sean McGuire, Robin Hood, hello. Um, and so we were like, can we take a picture with you? He was like, absolutely. And super sweet, super kind. And took a few minutes out of his day to take a picture with us outside of the convention center. He complimented my outfit. He said he loved my Doctor Who cosplay. And so of course I swooned even more because I was like, he knew who I was. Gil McKinney who played Prince Eric. And you know, he had a really tiny role on the show, but he was good in it, but a small part, but he was so involved in those conventions. And he was so nice and he put out CDs and I bought them and I'm like, oh, these are wonderful. And he's like, oh, thank you so much. And when I met him a second time, he actually remembered who I was, which was like shocking to me. He's like, oh, it's so great to see you again. And he remembered that I wrote articles and, and all that sort of thing. So, you know, that's a big deal for someone to actually remember you because they meet, you know, thousands of people. And he was so nice. And then there was Robbie. <laughs> okay, so Marisa's obsession with Robbie K runs deep. <laughs> Go ahead, Marisa. Because the first time I saw him was way before once. It was um, when he was doing the fourth Pirates film. And I remember on Disney Channel, they were showing how like he was like the youngest person in the movie. And so they were like, oh, like this is what he did on set. And I was like, oh, and then I saw he got casted as Peter Pan. I was like, that's the guy. <laughs> so... I was like so excited for him when he came on and then he was on Twitter a lot like he would do a whole bunch of asks especially when he was like um in season three and I was sitting I remember I was sitting there doing my math homework and he was doing one of his asks and I was just doing my equations sending the questions off and um he was gonna um sign off because he was like finishing up so I just sent like one last like tweet where I'm like oh thank you so much you're like amazing and stuff and then all of a sudden I get the notification Robbie K followed you Robbie K sent you a direct message and I'm like, hold on a sec. She almost fell down the stairs. Don't <laughs> <laughs> break anything. <laughs> and he like direct messaged me saying like, oh, I'm so sorry I couldn't respond to you. My tweet limit um, was hit. So he's like, but thank you so much for all the support and all the love. And I was like, oh my God, thank you so much. <laughs> So, so, so that happened. That happened. Fast forward to the con in 2016. I finally like got to talk to him at the autograph session and I, i'm trying to remember as much as i can but i feel like i like blanked out half of it because i was like i was behind her it was a very good conversation that they had because i didn't want to just bring up be like oh yeah you followed our account because i'm like he probably doesn't know who we are like because he probably followed like a whole bunch of other like accounts and he was signing the picture and he looked up and he's like 
oh yeah I remember you guys I love your tweets and I'm like oh okay and then that was Thank where you. I was like yeah me too I was like <laughs> <laughs> thing <laughs> and I knew Marisa was gonna you know how we all basically black out when we meet that like we don't remember so it's good to like have somebody there so Marisa's talking to him and the second we leave she turns to me what did I say <laughs> what was I saying anything so I literally just ran down the whole conversation and she looked at me she was like okay we're good I was like <laughs> and then we did like the pictures and everything I was like shaking and stuff and I gave him like a hug and I mean, he was like so sweet and the best picture ever then he signed it and um I think he signed it on, on the picture saying like keep up like your account like yeah, or something your like, account he's like keep up the good account keep up the good account and then Meredith you remember we were at dinner before <laughs> the concert thing that night yeah and you posted I posted picture. the picture which was the first time I posted my face on the account I was already nervous about that anyway but it was the con weekend and I was like we made that decision but we made it also with Meredith with Meredith we were kind yeah. of like should we do this like is it time to do it time? Meredith's like yeah she's like it's time and like people know who you are now she's like I remember Meredith saying to us like mm -hmm. People have met you at this convention. You're gonna mm. be in pictures. At least you can own, like you will be the first ones to post. Yeah, it. yeah, that makes sense. And the control. I, yeah, exactly, right? So if Mare wasn't there, I don't think we probably would have done it because we were very nervous. Yeah. And so Marisa did it. So yeah, I tweeted it out, like just, I tagged him in it. Like I didn't even say like anything. Wasn't like trying to like get a response or anything. I was just saying, here's my photo op picture with him. And then we're sitting at the dinner table there he is again with the notification and he quote tweeted the pictures and then he's like oh nice to finally meet you and I was like head down on the table like the waitress was <laughs> concerned for me because I was freaking out the wait the waitress came by and Meredith and I just looked because the waitress is like is she okay I mean Meredith are like yeah <laughs> she's fine she's fine We're, she's just fangirling and then the, the waiter was like okay <laughs> If you remember from the previous episode, Lena and Marisa are from the Vancouver area. Once Upon a Time was in their backyard. From a friend connected with the show, Lena got to have this once in a lifetime fan experience. So my friend from elementary school, I've known her for years, she actually got a job on Once Upon a Time. And so she messaged, she's saying, hey, I got an invite to the premiere party. Um, and I can bring a plus one and I don't want to bring my boyfriend because he doesn't know what anyone's like, what they're talking about. Uh, do you want to come? And I was like, first I went to Marisa and I was like, are you sure? Cause it was just for one person. And she, Marisa was like, are you kidding me? Go. And then tell me like everything. Why would I hold you back from yeah. that? I was <laughs> like, Oh my God. So I texted her saying, okay, we got dressed, which it wasn't like, you know, like a red carpet thing, but we had to look presentable and I'm like where is it and she said oh it's at Bridge Studios we're having it in a soundstage and I was oh. like oh okay we parked in the studio once we got through the gate I was like oh my gosh we parked in the studio we walked into this huge it was blue screen because they do green screen but they had blue screen and I got to meet all of these people that my friend works with and they asked me they're just like oh how are you affiliated with the show and I was like I'm not, I'm just a friend. I'm a plus one. I was like, I'm plus one. what do you do for a living? I'm a teacher. I sounded very boring. I was like, I'm sorry. Um, and I didn't want to out myself being like, oh my God, I watch the show so much. <laughs> so I, I turned to go get a drink 
And as I'm going to the, to go get like a water or something, in walks someone with a stroller. It was Colin. Colin was pushing a stroller and you know, which good on him. He was very particular about not having his, at that time it was his son, his son's face anywhere online. Mm -hmm. When I saw him walk in with this, the kid, I was like, and then his (laughs) wife came behind him and I was like, I know what they all look like now. I was like, (laughs) (laughs) so just seeing Colin, just imagine that coming through a sound soundstage, like door him pushing a stroller with like the cutest little boy you can ever imagine. <laughs> and then who did you see at the bar? Um, who did I see at the bar? Who did I see at the bar? Bex. I saw Bex at the bar. Oh, I, oh, <laughs> I saw Bex at the bar and we sat, we're eating and Adam and Eddie were there, which was super cool. And they did a speech, which I didn't. Okay. So I didn't film it, film it. I had my phone in my lap covered so that you can't see anything, but you can hear it. And then I sent it to Marisa. <laughs> nice. That's Excellent sister. It, that's as far as it got. It was just a really nice speech about them saying like, thanks so much for like, we're season six. Like we can't believe this and mm-hmm. like all this stuff. I got to talk to Colin that night actually, which was, I didn't know how to like approach him without being like, I watch you all the time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like how do you naturally go up and like- He was in a very good mood, we, you know. Drinks were flowing. Things were fun. Um, and he was having- epic. I, I can't believe we didn't know about this at the time. <laughs> I think I was like super just kind of like, I didn't want to brag about it. I didn't want to get my friend in trouble. So yeah, long story short, that was the craziest experience that most memorable for me um, <laughs> that I will never, ever, ever forget. Being able to meet these actors and then share in my friend's excitement about their interactions with the cast was one of my favorite parts about this fandom. The happiness was contagious. My absolute favorite part, however, was meeting other fans and getting to fangirl over them. Listen to me tell Marianne how it was like for me when I met her for the first time at Nerd Headquarters. I had written reviews that year I had been you know chatting with you online because like I really enjoyed reading your reviews so to like meet somebody else who to meet like one of like my peers in this was like Mm -hmm. such a big deal for me it's a very isolated sort of thing you know you're writing and you hope people read it and then you and, and you hope people like it and you know a good people a good portion of people would but it's not like I'm entertainment weekly or something (laughs) <laughs> where you're getting millions of people or something. So anytime has any anyone has a reaction like that, it's it's very, very nice and very validating and humbling. I wasn't the only one from the fandom like this. In fact, in fandom, we were all famous to each other. What was that like interact like interacting with people who like recognized you from Twitter? I remember in the convention, I think it was my first or second year at the Comic-Con convention. I'm waiting in line and I posted something about my badge that it said Ballroom 20. I got in. Oh my gosh. I waited all night for this. And one of the girls in line, she's like, oh, you're Lao Bay O-U-A-T? I'm like, oh, I've never felt like a celebrity before. Yeah. So I was really excited uh, because this person who I'm in line with, like, you know, you get that immediate connection from online to um, in person it was just kind of surreal 
because yeah, all, all of the names that you see, the act, whatever you want to put it, they are real people behind those names. And um, those conventions, you get to see them live. And it's interesting. It gives you a different perspective. Even people who have different, um, I guess, views of the show as you, maybe they ship something different. They don't like this. They like this. You see them in person and it's, it's different experience than maybe you have online. Maybe it's a little a little different online, a little meaner. Maybe it's nicer in person. Every single convention, I would meet someone uh, different that I hadn't met before as far mm -hmm. as like a regular person, you know, yeah. and everyone was so nice. And if I was carrying one around one of my bags or something that was my art, they're like, that's so cute. I'm like, oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I remember one girl, she had bought one and she goes, would you autograph it? I'm like, autograph it? Whoa. I'm like, okay, if you want me to, <laughs> but which is a very surreal and weird thing. I'm like, if you want me to, sure, I will. <laughs> but I'm like, it's just me. <laughs> but Still, that, that, that's, that's very, awesome. That's very sweet. And uh, she's, she's actually a friend now, but it was a very, that's a very weird experience. <laughs> I'm kind of like, I'm not one of the stars. It was, they were all very nice. I sound like a celebrity. Um, they were all very nice. They were, they were very um, uh, compassionate and just kind of like, how is it living here and, and being around all of this? Mm -hmm. And a lot of them knew English, which was great. Like I always like felt bad when they were trying to stumble and they're like, oh, we're sorry. And they would get nervous yeah. and I'm like, why are you sh like Jennifer Morrison is like right there like I'm shaking because of her and you're shaking because of me and I'm like this is like it was like a weird little circle speaking of filming outside of conventions if you had the means and the opportunity fans would make their way out to Vancouver and Steveston during production in hopes of seeing their favorite show being filmed right in front of them being only 40 minutes away Lena and Marisa would spend their summers driving down to Steveston to watch Once Upon a Time film and potentially meet the cast. Through that, they met fans all over the world. We met so many people. Like It was just cool seeing how far the show went, like how far the reaches went, because there would just be some from new like countries like every time we went to set. like It was Brazil, Australia. A lot of people from England came, actually. There yeah. was like tons of people. Uh, new Zealand. Um, Netherlands just just and then there was like the core local um fan group who would who lived here or who lived close to here and they would take pictures and all of that so we got to know those people and then they knew other people it was just some big like party really when you go to Steveston yeah. it was just kind of like a let's all meet at waves and then we're gonna go it was like bringing what was on twitter to in person so as the time went on um, we met like a lot of people when we found somebody who was, it was their first time. We literally be like, come with us. You're coming to the front. You meet them first because mm -hmm. we've met everybody. We've seen it. And we were like, there were some times on set where like some of the people that were there a lot, um, were always at the front of the group and got the pictures with the people again, like with the celebrities again, and they would leave and the celebrities would leave. And the people who came just for like a vacation for five mm -hmm. days wouldn't get to see them so anytime we met people we were like hey come like this way over here we'll tell you what to do oh that's so nice I, I I'm okay 
we're nice Canadians, but we're also Italian. So I know how to like push my way to the front <laughs> if, uh, if people aren't being the nicest. The Rizzo's gave me that experience when I visited Steveston only days after being in San Diego. For the season five premiere, I'm pretty sure yeah. is when that happened. Um, which yeah. that was a very interesting day to not only see the places, you know, from like set to um, start like seeing some of the people that like I knew from Twitter who were like part of that like set community and like like doing the full day of like the afternoon and into the night shoot like it was such a unique experience and to see like the actors like so close yet so far away um (laughs) but yeah like entering into your world of like being at Steveson and kind of learning the ropes of like where to stand what to do and all of that jazz was very very unique. Steveson was the primary place to go, but that's not the only place Once Upon a Time used to film outdoor scenes. If you've watched the show, you know that a lot of the show takes place outdoors in the woods, hence all of the enchanted forest scenes. They often filmed these scenes at local parks, like Central Park in Burnaby, BC. For people to go to set at those locations, they faced a few more challenges, particularly if it was at night. Steveson is different. Steveson's like yeah, little town, like home kind of thing. When you're in a park, like Marisa and like, I were there. We were for... looking back at some of those set days and I'm like, why did we do why that? Why did we do that? What were we doing? We like... were we were there for when, um, again, spoiler alert, uh, Emma stabbed Hook uh, and Hook died uh, for the segue into the underworld. That was at night. Not late, late, but it was late enough that it was, it was pitch dark. black. It was pitch black. We weren't the only ones there. Um, it was very cold. It was very cold. And our parents were parked in the parking lot. So it's not like we were there by ourselves. Um, but we had to leave the park. And there was no lighting and all that. So it was really kind of creepy. And we ran through the park singing into the woods because we <laughs> were scared as heck. And we ran out <laughs> and we get to car and my parents like we look at each other and they look at us and we're like yeah that was a stupid decision we're never doing that again and we like left but um <laughs> you never know when you visit set like what it's gonna be like or like where they're gonna be so like, yeah how the setup is so when we went that night we're like yeah that's a one-time thing that's a one-time thing we're not doing that leaving again that. into a park it was always a gamble what you could see and not see especially if you went to one of the parks However, if you came to Steveston on the right day, you could very well find treasure. Much like this day, known as Jackpot Day. Oh, Jackpot Day. We call it Jackpot Day. <laughs> we have a written- Marisa was very like, <laughs> so this was um, August, um, it was season four. It was, they were filming Rocky Road. It was episode three. Mm-hmm. And they were filming a lot of scenes in Steveston that day. So pretty much everyone was there. So and everyone came out that day, which was we like jackpot day. <laughs> that's why it was jackpot day because it was so rare that that many of the cast would come out and, and meet, meet everybody. Yeah. And it was a pretty big group of us that was, day. Oh god, it was probably about like three hundred plus people that were there, and all by the clock tower. By the clock tower. Um, yeah. that corner by the clock tower. Yeah. And there was- 
yeah so that's where we all were for most of the day for most of the day because they were filming um the scenes of um the snow who we didn't know was the snow queen at that point mm -hmm. um walking out of any given sunday or like robin walking down the street they were doing a lot of walking shots Mm -hmm. So they needed us like out of the way. <laughs> so we were, like, <laughs> just like, oh my God, we're the like, it's crazy just looking back, like how many we actually saw. So like the first group that came out after they filmed their scene was um, Lee, so grumpy, uh, Raphael, Archie, and then Elizabeth, um, Ingrid, Snow Queen, mm, which yeah. was like insane. Mm -hmm. I just, I went to her and I was like, you're Snow White, not Snow White, you're um, a Mrs. Claus from, from Santa Claus. <laughs> and she, yeah. she, she was like, I am, yeah. And I was like, <laughs> that was Amazing. great. Great. Who? Oh, it, I, and Beverly was always so nice. Granny, like she was so sweet every time. And then, uh, oh, this was huge. I freaked out this day. It was um, Michael Saka, Will Scarlet was finally oh, yeah. on because he finally got a series regular role after Wonderland, and I was freaking out because we didn't see anything about Wonderland filming at all. No, when that show was happening, he so was a cool dude. He, he was very cool. He let he met a whole bunch of people, and he was just about to leave. And Marisa didn't get to see him yet. And me and my cousin were like, "Oh no!" And he heard us, and he turned around and back. like ran me, and I was like shaking and, and hugged her, and we got this great picture and all of that, and he was incredible. And he was like just for her just for her and then he like ran away oh, <laughs> that's so nice oh and then who came out and then oh yeah, and then jennifer came out like um, morrison. morrison she never did at that point like rarely did rarely and she was very like in a very good mood that day she met every single person did not like leave the group she no. went to every wow. Wow. so she was there for like at least like half an hour just with the group i think she like either finished she either finished for the day or it was like a huge break because she was there for over an hour meeting mm -hmm. everybody. And it was like incredible. It was like yeah. amazing. It's and one then, of the best pictures we got. Yeah. And then the last like group that came out was um, Sean and then for Robin and then Marion. So Christy and uh, little Raphael Roland. He was so ever. He was like coming up and taking pictures with people. Who's now oh, that's so cute. First little celebrity in Jungle Cruise. I mean, we haven't seen it. What? But He's in Jungle Cruise. I was like, he was like posting pictures on the red carpet with the rock, and I was like, wait a what? second. <laughs> <laughs> I bet he's not little anymore either. No, he's like this. But when he was, when he came out, he um, he, it was was his, he came out with his mom. He and came out with his mom, and Jen was meeting fans. And all you hear is this little squeaky voice saying "Jen," and she turned and he ran and jumped into her arms, and she oh. picked him up. Oh, pictures, people got pictures of it. I was too like, oh, oh I know. Oh yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So we were standing right there, and ev literally the whole crowd. It was like a scene. Everyone yeah. was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. Sean was great too because he had to go back and um because um Jen stayed there while stayed. the scenes were still going, and yeah. Sean had to go back and film. So we were like right at the point where he would have to go back. So he was standing like at like the barricade. Yeah, and he was like, okay. I'm stopping here. Sure. I will be right back. And he like ran back and filmed the scene and, and came the, back and came back and continued the rest of the group, just like Jen did. And everyone was so good that day because they knew that like, okay, usually on set, it was, I mean, you guys know, it was a lot of pushing. It was a lot of like, we don't know who's going to be here. The fact that Jen stayed got everyone to like calm down mm -hmm. and everyone knew okay this is going to happen that's when the fandom really came together and we're like hey we, we're we gonna do this. this like stay calm and be nice 
I'm so glad the Rizzo sisters got to be there for that. Over the course of Once Upon a Time's production, they really had great common sense when it came to being there for filming. They were the exceptions to the on-set Steveston crew, not the rule. For many who were part of the locals, there seemed to be a lot of entitlement and drama that came with knowing filming information and potential spoilers. Here's Maggie from Your Money Geek looking back on a time when she visited Bridge Studios. I had befriended a couple of crew members who shall remain nameless, who invited me to set, let me do the whole behind the scenes stuff. That was such a fun experience. I got to see so much of the, um, the underworld, uh, the green screen of the underworld. Um, I also like, I, I caused some trouble then because I, I knew Intel, um, <laughs> which was so fun. <laughs> it was when, um, when, the, when the death was happening. And so like, I knew a bunch of stuff. Um, and I like, I talked about it cause I wasn't going to be one of those people that like held information ransom, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, but I fooled some people's plans to hold that information ransom. And I did it from Vancouver. I was very proud of myself. <laughs> Here's Lena and Marisa again. I will be very blunt. There was drama on, <laughs> both online and in person. Yeah, the, it was, it wasn't just online. It was also in person. And we, we are uh, like, we didn't like to be in drama. We hated it. So we, we, we knew between the groups. We knew everybody. So we heard everything from everybody. <laughs> and we were like, okay, we're going to go talk to those people and those people. And it was just like, and I was like, okay, can I watch Colin? Like he's right there. <laughs> as much drama as there was on set or even on Twitter. It's so, it's sad for me because, because we talked to everybody, everyone is so nice. So it never computed with me why they didn't like each other. Like I understand yeah. what was like happening, but I'm kind of like, but you're really nice and you're super nice. And I just like everybody. Like I'm so Canadian. friends like like really? so like that that's the thing is like I I don't want people to get the wrong impression like it was toxic don't get me wrong oh, but yeah. like if if you took that perspective of you know everyone's a person and you actually get to know the person mm -hmm. everyone was super incredible and we all were there for that show about hope mm -hmm. and happy endings and mm -hmm. celebrating all that so I'm like clearly we all have something in common we just need to remember like that. we all came together because of this yeah like, we all came together because of a show about hope and happy endings. Yet there was another layer to this fandom, brewing underneath until it exploded, wrecking people's entire experience of Once Upon a Time. Coming up in part three, things get toxic. The Once Upon a Time fandom gets a reputation for harassing cast and each other. How the signs were there from the beginning, plus why there was a mass exodus from the fandom. As always, you can follow me at Meredith Loftus on Twitter and Instagram, and don't forget to follow the podcast on Twitter at FangirlForumPod. If you like my podcast at all, please give it some love on Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud. It would mean a lot. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a fantastic day.